A note from Robert P. Rabbit, 15. It's a joke around Grandad that any time he has misplaced something, someone is going to yell out, It's right next to the butter, Grandad! It's because whenever Grandad is looking for something in the refrigerator, Polly usually calls out to him, It's right next to the butter, and it usually is. I have decided that what Polly really means is that whatever Grandad is looking for is in plain sight. He might be looking right at it, but not seeing it. At Turpin Meadow Ranch, you will see that clue number three turned out to be right next to the butter. But it took Katie thinking all the time about the clue to see what was right before our eyes. We were all so intent on watching the amazing things going on in front of us that we all would have missed it if it had not been for Katie. Chapter 15, The Third Clue When we all gathered at the corral, the wranglers picked out a horse for each of us. Because Katie was feeling better, she was able to get on the horse all by herself, although there was a wrangler close by just in case she had trouble. She took the reins in one hand, and she helped Robert P. Rabbit sit on the saddle right in front of her, something the horse was not very excited about until Robert P. Rabbit worked his calming magic on her. We thought Katie might want to be up in the front of the line, but she said she actually wanted to be last so she could watch everyone else. Robert P. Rabbit told her it might be important for her to see everything that went on during the ride, and Katie felt like she could do it better from the back. As we started our horse hike, there was one wrangler in front of our line and one at the back of the line, and then the two walking beside Katie. But there was another wrangler who moved up and down the line, talking as he went. Katie called him the Roving Wrangler. Do you notice something different about the Roving Wrangler? asked Robert P. Rabbit. You mean how he moves around? answered Katie. Not just that, Robert P. Rabbit said. He's not just talking to the people on the horses. He's talking to the horses themselves. Just then, the Roving Wrangler came up to Katie and asked her how she was doing. Just fine, Katie told him. Everything is so beautiful, and the views we are getting of the valley and the river are just wonderful. We like to think so. And how are you doing, Buttercup? he said to the horse. You take good care of Katie now. Then he rode to the front of the line again. See, said Robert P. Rabbit, I told you he was talking to the horses. After we had been gone about an hour and a half, we stopped by a beautiful stream, and we all got off to rest ourselves and our horses. Katie, Will, Emily, and Robert P. Rabbit went off by themselves for a bit while Uncle Eric and I walked over to the stream and tried a little fly fishing. Soon we had both caught several nice-sized rainbow trout. We gave them to one of the wranglers, who said they would take them back to the ranch so that we could have them for dinner. Having finished our rest, we headed back to the ranch. After we dismounted, Katie, Emily, Will, Robert P. Rabbit, and I stayed back and watched the wranglers unsaddle the horses, hang up the tack, and let the horses back out into the field. The roving wrangler, however, had gone over to the riding ring and was sitting on the top bar of the fence just watching a lone horse that was in the ring. He was a very active horse, prancing around back and forth. He looked like he wanted to get out of the ring and, in fact, looked like he was thinking about jumping the fence if he could. The kids walked over to the fence and the roving wrangler looked down and said, Well, hi, Katie. You did very well out there today on Buttercup. She seemed to enjoy having you on board. I'm not sure I've ever seen her so calm. That's because Robert P. Rabbit worked his magic on her, Katie said before she could catch herself. She tried not to reveal Robert P. Rabbit's secret to people she didn't know well. 
I understand, the roving wrangler told her. He is a very talented rabbit. Katie looked down at Robert P. Rabbit and whispered, Do you think he knows about you? I think so, said Robert P. Rabbit, but I can't tell for sure. Since he has that thick beard, I can't see if he has the mark. We have a question, Katie said to the roving wrangler. Why were you talking to the horses up on the trail? You talked to every one of them. I am surprised you noticed, he said. Not many people notice that. Well, Robert P. Rabbit told me that he thinks they understand what you are saying to them. Since she had already let Robert P. Rabbit's secret slip, she figured she might as well try to figure out if the roving wrangler could truly communicate with animals. Whoops, thought Katie. I've done it again, telling him something about Robert P. Rabbit that I may not want him to know. Robert P. Rabbit may just be right, at least with some of the horses. I talk to them to keep them calm on the hike. I don't want any horse getting the idea that it would be okay to run away from the line, he said. I'll tell you what. After you finish your lunch, why don't you and your family come back to the corral and you can watch what I plan to do with this horse. It might interest all of you. I followed them back to the dining hall, where they told the rest of the family about the roving wrangler's invitation. They ate as fast as they could and even skipped dessert so they could get back as soon as possible. When we returned to the corral, there were lots of guests already there. Even the other wranglers, kitchen staff, cleaning staff, and the head of the ranch and his family were there to watch. Can we sit on the lower rail of the corral fence? asked Will. No, the roving wrangler said. It would be too dangerous there, and you might spook the horse. Sit on those benches instead. Katie asked, What are you going to do? I'm going to train this horse to take a saddle, he said. Oh, are you going to jump in the saddle and let him try to buck you off until he tires out, just like they do in the cowboy movies? asked Will. No, Will, nothing that exciting. I am what is known as a horse whisperer. I am just going to talk to him and let him know I will not hurt him and that I am his friend. Then I will put a blanket on him, a bridle, and then a saddle. And finally, I will ride him if he will let me. Emily asked, so no one has ever ridden him before? Nope, he's never even had a bridle on him, the roving wrangler explained. Wow, this is going to be something, said Katie. It was obvious to all of us that this was quite an event for everyone at the ranch. It turns out the horse whisperer did not do this very often with people watching. The horse whisperer slid off the top rail of the fence and got into the ring with the wild horse. It was a paint horse with black and white patches all over and a beautiful black mane and tail that flowed back and forth as he ran around, apparently bothered by the sudden presence of a man in the ring. The horse whisperer walked back and forth, not looking directly at the horse, but instead at the dust on the ground. As the horse whisperer walked more slowly back and forth, the horse slowed his movements as well. Then the horse whisperer did a very strange thing. He walked halfway over to the horse and knelt down with his arm propped up on his knee, still looking down into the dust. His head was away from the horse, and he just stayed there. Nothing happened at first, but then the horse started to move slowly toward the horse whisperer. It was as if he did not understand why the man was not standing up anymore, and he wanted to check it out. He doesn't like the idea that I'm not moving around anymore, said the horse whisperer. He wants to be sure I still know he is bigger, stronger, and more in control of this ring than I am. So he will slowly come up to me, and as soon as he starts nudging me on my back with his nose, I will slowly stand up. The horse nudged the man on the back with his nose, and the horse whisperer slowly stood up. The horse jumped back and began his prancing back and forth again. 
Then the horse whisperer turned away from the horse as he had done before, but this time he did not kneel down. He just lowered his head away from the wild horse, looking down into the dust. Again, after a little while, the horse moved slowly forward and again nudged the horse whisperer in his back. After they repeated this cycle several times, the man started walking around the ring and the wild horse followed him like a pet dog would do. The whole time the horse whisperer was in the ring, he held a bridle and kept showing it to the horse, sometimes rubbing the horse's nose or stroking his neck with the bridle. It took him a good 15 minutes for the horse to get used to the touch of the bridle enough that the man could put it in his mouth. Well, that was not at all what the horse was expecting, so he started running around the ring again. That's where we came in. The horse whisperer told us that whenever the horse came to our side of the ring, he wanted us all to clap. As we clapped, the horse went to the other side of the ring. Every time he came back towards us, we clapped again, so eventually he just stayed on the other side of the ring all of the time. He had a bridle in his mouth, and the fact that all of these people on one side of the ring kept clapping when he came near confused him. But then he noticed the horse whisperer was talking to him and seemed very calm. So the horse decided the safest thing for him to do was to go back to the horse whisperer and push him in the back with his nose, bridle and all. When he did that, the horse whisperer started stroking his nose, his mane, and his neck. And while doing this, he slipped the reins on the bridle. And then he started leading the horse around the ring by walking in front of him and drawing him along with the reins. The wild horse hesitated when he got near us, expecting us to start clapping again, but he discovered that as long as he was following the horse whisperer, there was no clapping, so he felt safe. After walking around the ring for ten minutes or so, the horse whisperer stopped and took a blanket off the top rail of the fence and put it on the back of the horse. The horse did not exactly know what to do about that, but because he was now getting used to the horse whisperer and the strange things that this man was doing, he just allowed the blanket to be on his back without any complaints. They do not usually accept blankets so easily, but maybe it is because of you, Robert P. Rabbit, he said. Well, that amazed all of us that he would speak to Robert P. Rabbit like that. Maybe he does have the mark, I thought. So, I am going to go ahead and put the saddle on him now, he went on. And when they got to the other side of the ring, the horse whisperer took the saddle off the rail and put it on the wild horse. Again, he started right away walking around the ring, and the wild horse just kept on following the horse whisperer. Okay, he said, when I get back to the other side, I am going to fasten the saddle on the horse using the cinch under the horse. He won't like this, so I expect him to start running around the ring like he did before. When that happens and he gets close to you, I want you to clap like before. We went through the whole process again with the saddle, and once the horse calmed down, he trotted to the middle of the ring and nudged the horse whisperer again, as if to say, Okay, I'm ready, what's next? And what was next frightened us all. The horse whisperer was about to get up on the wild horse. We all expected the horse to do what we had seen on TV, bucking and jumping and doing everything in his power to get this person off his back. But we were all shocked. When the horse whisperer got up on the saddle, the wild horse just stood there for a minute. Then, seemingly remembering that the man liked to walk around the circle, he just started forward, walking around the circle. The horse whisperer told us not to applaud, and round and round the ring they went. "'What do you think about that, Katie?' I asked. "'I think you need to ask him for the next clue,' said Katie. "'What do you mean?' "'Well,' 
Read the letter from Larry Briquet again, she said. We were told to find a quiet man, and he is certainly quiet, one who is unafraid in the presence of superior power and high spirit, and he was unafraid in the presence of a wild horse, and who is completely in charge in front of a fierce confrontation. And even though the wild horse confronted him continually, the horse whisperer was always in control, so he must be our man. You are exactly right, I said, amazed that Katie had figured all this out. I'll talk to him as soon as everyone leaves. So I waited until everyone drifted away, and as the horse whisperer headed to his cottage, I asked if I could walk with him, and he invited me into his home. We talked for about half an hour. I told him all about our search, and he shared that he had been a listener of Larry's radio program and had written him to invite him to the ranch years ago. Larry accepted and ended up coming out almost every summer to stay at the Horse Whisperer's cottage, doing a lot of his writing right there. The Horse Whisperer went over to his desk and pulled out an envelope and handed me the third clue.